This week on Erotic Awakening, monogamy to open, here are the toolkits, and watch me, baby. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Patron supporters get a free copy of the audiobook Polyamory Toolkits, just released, as well as ad-free early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other content. You can also say thank you to the podcast in other ways, like buying us a cup of coffee, as well at eroticawakening.com. Thank you to all, all of our supporters. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> Don't say hi to Jessica quite yet. Uh, we got to warn her. Again. We got to warn our listeners that they could be watchers. We're going to we're playing with video once more. You remember about 10 years ago, we did yeah, a couple video podcasts? tried it a couple of times, but this is a whole new setup. It's going to be interesting in the RV. But fortunately for us, if you're thinking that watching us is no good, you can watch a professional like Jessica. Jessica, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dan and Don. I've been listening to Erotic Awakening off and on for years as I've slowly tiptoed into non-monogamy myself. And I'm excited to be here. I'm really honored. I'm excited to have you here. And we were just recently, we did a podcast on the difference between jealousy and envy. And that led us to having a conversation about jealousy and envy. And that led me to say, please shut up until you get on the podcast and then talk because I want to record <laughs> what it is that you're saying. And one of the things that we've People have asked us about a lot that we can't actually answer, which is making that journey from non-monogamy, or I'm sorry, from monogamy into non-monogamy. And Dawn and I don't really have any expertise on that. We started weird. Yeah, we started knowing we were going to embrace our polyamorous leanings. So tell us a little bit about your background on that journey. Yeah, so... My husband and I met 10 years ago, this year, actually, and we were in our mid and late 20s. I think neither of us had any introduction or any kind of information or any experience at all with non-monogamy, really, other than I think as a young man, he was like always trying to have a threesome if it could happen. And that was like his only sort of introduction and when we got together, we had both been in a series of bad relationships, you know, as I think a lot of people in their 20s spend their time. And around the time that we got together, we both started doing personal development work. It's actually how we met. We met in a community of people that were just starting to like kind of say like, maybe there's this thing, emotional intelligence, you know, emotional mastery, personal development. How could we like look at our auto programming and say, wow, we don't have to actually just fall default into the binary. And I didn't want a relationship like anything I had experienced in the past because they didn't serve me well. I didn't realize that I wanted non-monogamy, but very early on, we started telling each other things that I would have never told a previous boyfriend. And if a previous boyfriend told me that like he was attracted to another woman, it probably would have triggered me in a big way. But when Apash and I started dating, we were like, let's just be honest with each other. Like these things don't go away just because you commit to somebody. You know, this is like our human nature. It's our biology. We have desires the same way we could get turned on by a piece of art, right? You could get turned on by a, a woman or a man walking down the street. So we committed to always have that level of honesty because we, we knew when we met each other that we would build a life together. It was very clear early on. 
And I was like, I want a life of like honesty, right? So let's do that. And I opened up and was honest about my attraction to women very early on and that I always felt that strong desire, but I never acted on it. I had very little sexual confidence, very little sex education or positivity in my life. And so very early on in our relationship, a friend and I who had chemistry, um, she and I started to flirt a lot and we ended up having a threesome with my husband. And, you know, of course he encouraged it as I think a lot of, you know, heteronormative couples enter non-monogamy in this way. And from that moment on, like we knew things were different. We didn't really say, okay, like now how do we make our way into being open? It was like, that was really fun. What else do you want to do? It was never a goal to be open, but it was like, let's go to a party, you know, <laughs> like, and we were already kind of like kinky. Like we knew, we knew from very early on in just our play that was not very like premeditated or even like you know, consensual the way that we would do nowadays, but we knew like I liked impact play. And so we were kind of leaning into kink. We started to go to parties and one thing led to another. And about two years in, we were on apps and actively like going on dates with other people, but it was never, it wasn't decided. It was like one foot in front of the other. We would digest, we would talk about it. And then it wasn't until, you know, four or five years into our relationship where we had relationships with other people where there were real feelings and, you know, we knew like, okay, I kind of have love for this person. And we were like, that's kind of natural. How could you not? Right. And there was, it was just always this evolution. We weren't like, okay, let's be open. And now what are the steps? It was like, let's just do the things that we're really curious about and then we'll digest them. And we never really had the language for it. We didn't have good role models or tools. It's funny. I didn't seek out podcasts or articles. We really flew blind for a long time. And then about five or six years into our relationship, we met Lauren, who became sort of a third partner in our relationship for three years. And it was a, we all fell in love pretty much at the same time. Um, and that was when we were like, oh, this is polyamory. And because she was such a big part of our lives, we had to come out about it. We were very private, very secretive. I had a lot of shame around the years of, you know, practicing non-monogamy and dating other men and who would find out. And it was a whole thing. And I've grown up into that and done a lot of healing work around it. But Lauren was really the cause and the catalyst to come out, to be public to start my own podcast and to really like understand that I'm a polyamorous person, what that means. And so it's been a journey. It really has. And we've had moments where we've like been more monogamous, of course, where there are whole stretches of, you know, months and months at a time where we don't date other people. Um, and it's always just been like a flow of seasons. Um, and we didn't even use terminology until like more recently that I'm like, there are words for this, what we're doing. People have been doing it for a long time. Not that we thought we invented it, but, um, you know, it's been funny. It, it, there's, a, there's a lot that you're sharing there that we can relate to. But tell me a little bit about digesting. Have you, did, I mean, the first time that you were with another male-bodied person or the first time that he was with another female-bodied person alone, I'm sure that that had to... Regardless of how we, we open, we walk into things with open minds, 
we have a lot of a lot of training growing up that that's wrong or bad or that that causes. So what was the digesting like? Yeah, great question. Um, it really. So for me, and this is why I reached out to you guys after that episode, because people will always ask me, well, weren't you jealous? And it's like the easy answer is yes, of course. Um, but the more complex it like if you really get under it, I. I didn't experience a lot of jealousy early on. There was maybe like um, a feeling of unworthiness that it triggered, but it was a bit rare. I didn't have it with most of the women that he would date early on. I let my excitement and we found out that we have a very similar kink. Like we both really enjoy the idea and the thought of each other with other people. Uh -huh. um, especially when we're not there. Like, I love to see it, but I've found out through, you know, trial and error, like, I actually really enjoy when I'm not there. I like the mystery of it. I like to hear about it later. And so it took me a moment to get those triggers, um, those fears of like, that. it's almost like an insecurity. It wasn't a jealousy. It was more or less like an insecurity of like, um, that like unworthiness or, you know, if someone places their attention somewhere else, it means like um, it takes it off of me. So I'm like less than. Mm -hmm. So I identified that I'm like, this actually isn't jealousy. This is more nuanced than jealousy. Um, and then when you talk about envy, it's like I almost didn't envy their experience. It was like I would have been more comfortable if the experience didn't happen. But I also wouldn't have the excitement that it brought and the turn on that it brought to me. So for me, digesting was really learning and understanding as an adult that we can have multiple emotions happening at once. And it's really what we choose to focus on that will grow. And so it brought up, okay, cool. Well, when was I feeling like this when I was younger? Like as a younger woman in other relationships, as a teenage girl, as a kid, with my parents and like where my parents spent their time, like where my, when my dad and my mom were divorced and he started another family kind of thing. So there was a lot of that. And the digesting was like journaling, you know, being able to sit in those feelings that I didn't like and realize like, wow, okay, this, there's nothing wrong with this. And we're not always supposed to like our feelings. This is like the human experience is okay, I can have really great feelings. And then coupled with that, I'm going to have some icky feelings. And if I can find like beauty in that roller coaster, I'm going to enjoy my life a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, and a big part of digesting for me was just doing the healing work, like the somatic work, meditation, breath work. It really led me to do more of that. And a lot of what was maybe triggered by relationships and intimacy and sexuality helped me in all other areas of my life because I was like this is the same as like when I don't get a part like I used to be an actor you know um and you know holding space being excited for a friend that would get a role but also you know maybe there was envy there of like but I wanted that but you know right. being able to hold space and realize we're abundant and my thing is out there too um so, yeah, it really lent itself to a lot of healing work, a lot of somatic body work, um, and just knowing that nothing lasts, like no feeling, no new relationship energy, no feeling of jealousy or envy or 
um, abandon, you know, fear of abandonment, whatever that is, is ever going to like remain if you process it, it'll dissipate. So yeah, sometimes it takes a while though. But um, one of the things that I really liked, or actually a couple of things, I wrote some notes was the whole idea that it's the human experience, like you said, and that we're not supposed to like all of our emotions. And sometimes it's not jealousy, it's something else. And it takes a lot to be self-aware enough to do the work. And I like that you said you also did somatic work because I had a lot of that going on in mind too. Define somatic work for our listeners. Yeah, it's really just the, you know, and and I'm no expert. I've always worked with great coaches. Um, I I work with Irene Morning for a lot of my somatic sort of healing, but it's it's body awareness. It's the awareness of the mind-body connection um, where you can sort of close your eyes and just say, okay, like, what is my internal experience? Okay, I'm feeling heaviness in my legs right now. Um, and you know, there's like an interesting, like little creak in my right shoulder that I haven't noticed. I haven't really like paid attention to. Overall, I'm feeling pretty sharp today. Um, you know, mentally, like it's like, you know, feeling into what that is. Oh, there's a heaviness in my chest. Or when I think about this person, my stomach kind of gets in knots. And it's like, that's the beginning of somatic work. And then it's just being present to what is in your body Uh for as long as possible. And it's wild what will happen. Sometimes in like less than five minutes, you can focus on something, you know, maybe the knots in the stomach, whatever. And it might move and it's like, oh, now it's coming up into my chest. Oh, now I kind of feel it in my throat. And then it's like, it kind of releases or I can feel it. You know, it's getting lighter. And, you know, we talk a lot of like when I'm working with my coach, like what's the texture of that emotion like or of that feeling? Um, what does it make you think of? What, like, what would it sound like? And it's really just getting curious and, and being present to that experience in our body. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, mine was more about triggers that were brought up and trauma responses that were brought up by um, just different experiences in polyamory and our power exchange and our everything right our living our life was was bringing up some physical reactions and i worked with a really awesome counselor on that it's really neat to see the parallels in in our viewpoints on this kind Mm -hmm. of thing um in that there's this idea that if you feel jealousy you feel anger you feel these things you should oh let me get rid of that let me push that something's wrong with you you're broken if you feel those things and instead to say oh okay so this is my feeling Oh, mm-hmm. anger. Boy, I don't like feeling anger, but what is it? You know, I'm not going to push it away. I'm going to say, sit with this anger. What is, uh-oh, anger. Are you really anger or are you actually fear, right? Getting that kind of being okay with feeling whatever it is that you're feeling. Yeah, that's why I, 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 I you know, being a listener now, I feel that resonance that we like have a very similar outlook. And it's like almost, um, I can tell you too as well. It's like you follow the feeling because you know, that it's actually clues to something bigger, something greater. You know, I've heard you talk about that before of like, um, and it'll change. And it's like almost this whole journey that you go on based on this trigger that was actually a gift, you know, or something. Not that we see it that way when it's happening, (laughs) right? Because sometimes they take a lot of work. But yeah, it, it is really cool that you guys started monogamous yet still follow the journey a little bit like Dan and I 
who started out with the decision to be polyamorous, we still did it organically. It was still like, hey, do you want to try this thing? Right. And being in the kink community, it's so much easier to try a little bit of this and a little bit of that and see what works and then discuss it over Cheerios the next morning. And yeah. Have you ever had a situation where one of you, either you or your partner, has come home and said, or, or said, you know what, I'm going to go do this with my other partner. And to have one of you go, no, no, you're not. That's, that's, no, that's not acceptable. That's outside of the boundaries or the pretend rules that we haven't even made up yet. Right. Um, it's so interesting because my, my initial thought is like, we actually haven't had that with other partners. There have been there have been times where I've wanted to put place limits on, you know, and I guess we've both done it with each other. I, I've shared this before, like maybe once or twice, but I used to get really like sensitive around the idea of Pasha, like hooking up with people who didn't know we were open or like who did. Wait, let me take that back. Hooking up with people in front of other people who maybe didn't have the full story because we were very private. So if he was on a trip. And, you know, he was with five or six people, not all those guys or whatever on the trip knew that we were open. They saw him like flirting with another girl or kissing another girl um, that they would get the impression that he was cheating on me. And it was so convoluted because like oh, yeah. I didn't want anybody to know. But I, so I didn't want him to tell anybody. But then it was very restrictive of like our play um, and kind of like his expression that we were super solid in and I was happy with you know, with maybe a few years of experience. So we were in this like really interesting place. Um, and I was really trying to control other people's, um, you know, perspective of us or judgments of us through that. And that was maybe one of the bigger learnings that I've ever had to go through was how much I want to make sure people think we're good people and, you know, stuff from my childhood. Um, but it wasn't like he's never really wanted to experience something with someone else that I've been like, no, that's a hard no. Um, if anything, he's more or less like always wants me in his experiences, which is funny. Like we we have a bit of a different, I think, desire for how we want to navigate. Like he he was always like, if you're there, I'm going to have a better time. And I'm like, but I enjoy it more when I'm not there. Sometimes. <laughs> Um, and then if the, the shoe on the other foot, like I can't really speak to his experience, but just, you know, from what I understand, there, there are less, less and less he, let me think about how I want to like share this. So he's, he's also very open to me having all of my other experiences. In fact, he's like, this is amazing because like, I really don't want to go to a play, you know, so please do that with somebody else. I think we really lean into that aspect of having our needs met in many other places. Um, there have been times where he really wants to make sure and always feel like, so we have a primary partnership. And there have been maybe a few moments in our lives where he's like, like making sure like, I am still your number one priority, right? Um, and I'm like, sometimes so egalitarian, like he's my husband, we're building a life together. But you know, spending a lot of time, extended time with like another partner. Even, you know, Lauren, my, my, you know, life partner for the last three years. Um, 
And for him, I think it's just needing that reassurance that, yeah, like my my main priority is still here and the work that we are planning on doing and the family that we're planning on having. Um, and he just needs that to see that sometimes because I can go way off the deep end. The, the reassurance. Yeah. The reassurance that there's still a homestone, mm-hmm. still, a, still a base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Has yeah. the, the, between the, the, the podcast, your podcast, Open Late, and being the founder and facilitator of the journey of Sound Sutra and, and all that kind of stuff, has all of that been of value to your relationship? Or does it kind of make you tired of talking about this crap? Wow, no one's actually ever asked me this before. I love this question. Um, I think they've all fueled each other in a really nice way. Um, I I hardly ever get tired of talking about it because I think it's so it's such an important topic. In my opinion, you know, the way that we do relationships is so stoked. It's funny, it's not even Stone Age because in the Stone Age, we did not have monogamy, um, <laughs> you know, but it's very, um, it's like antiquated, right? We all fall into this binary mononormativity, which really doesn't serve so many, you know, and, and I think it works for some people, especially people that really consciously choose their monogamy and like use their relationship as a vehicle for growth. But um, I love talking about it because there are so many people who um, can really find a lot of self-acceptance and healing in a non-traditional relationship container. And it doesn't have to be open, but just something where people can be more honest and just have a bit more freedom uh, of expression. And so I'm always ready to be like a lighthouse for, you know, whatever it is for people and I love having conversations with, you know, couples like you who have, you know, more experience and, and time under their belt than I do because I always learn a lot. And so um, I'm not sick of talking about it yet, but it has only been a year. So maybe talk to me when I'm like halfway through how long you two have been doing it. And <laughs> on that answer. I'll tell you that the worst part of having a podcast for over a decade is when you have conversations with people. They're like, yeah, I remember that story from episode 407. I was like, damn, I got nothing to say anymore. <laughs> Jessica, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Where can people find you out on the interwebs? Yeah, openlatepodcast.com. And that'll lead you to everywhere else. You know, we have an Instagram account that uh, just got reinstated. So we were banned for a moment. <laughs> you know, you can't talk about SCX online. Um, but it's open late, the podcast. Yeah. Fantastic. Hang out with us for a little bit on Coupley as we try and wrap this thing up. Don, what do you think about going video? Well, let me ask you that to start with. So um, I'm used to being able to sneak in a drink of water while people are talking. It's like and now this, I realize people are going to see this camera, this just bit, how look, much. It's 9,000 gallons of water. <laughs> hey, it says KK Presenter. These are gifts from a <laughs> These are gifts college. from KK College. Fantastic event that that is. Um, I'm what? not sure about. I didn't even know about Kinky College. I got to get in there. Kinky College is in Chicago twice a year. We just came back and it'll be, there'll be another one in March. So it's Kinky College with KK. <laughs> so in Chicago, amazing event. I will say at this point, it is our favorite kink event. Uh, Kinky College and whatever event we've been presided 
invited to present to most recently are our favorite kink events. <laughs> uh, speaking of kink events, Dawn, yes, you have to get your Google Maps because we have to go to Montana, we have to go to Toronto, we have to go to Detroit, and we have to go to Phoenix. And we've made it. Phoenix. We've made it to Phoenix, so we should be. Yeah, we'll be doing something soon. How am I going to know where in the heck Dawn, Dan, and Dawn are? Well, you can find out on our newsletter at eroticawakening.com. But nobody cares about that. They just want their awesome EA shout out. Like exactly. Rachel from Illinois. Kimberly from Georgia. Michael from Columbus. O-H. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Ange from Chicago. Uh, I left you this one. Susie from Florida. Oh, you skipped it. Yula Lee from Baltimore City. And Brendan from New York. So head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. And I usually only put out once a month at the beginning of the month, but we're going to have a sneaky second one in a couple of days because we're getting ready to announce something and we want to announce it to the world. Are you talking about a certain <laughs> thing that we're not talking about yet? Oh, we actually mentioned it already, remember? Did we? Yes. Yeah. All right. So the Polyamory yeah. Toolkit is now available as an audiobook. Don and I are the authors and readers of that audiobook. Uh, Jessica, I don't know if you've read, tried to make your... Oh, you know what? You're an actor. We should have got you to read the book because, man, it is a lot harder than I it expected it to hard. be. It is hard. We actually went to a studio and because we were going to try to do it ourselves and to stop and start and stop and start and fix all the, the hiccups and the stutters. So we went to a studio and had an engineer do it for us and it's still mm. a lot of work. So, so, yes. so, so we did kind of like a little apology at the beginning of the book, <laughs> stating that we are not paid professional voice actors, that this is our voices, and there still might be a couple of stutters and hiccups in there. So, but, <laughs> but if you dig the authentic experience yes. of the podcast and, and hearing us, that's what you're going to hear. Right. Um, I think you can get that book over on, well, you, I know you can get it from the library for Overdrive. You can get it at Apple Apple Books and Google Books. I don't know what they're all called. Uh, I think it's like $9,000 or something. <laughs> but patrons of the Erotic Awakening podcast get it completely 100% free. So become a patron started, of the podcast. Yep. You started sending out the codes today. Sending the, out the, the codes already. And um, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com. Uh, just go to eroticawakening.com. You'll find it clicky click. <laughs> um, Dawn, this weekend, what are we going to do? This weekend, if things go like they're supposed to go, they're gonna go. We will be vending at the Kink Carnival at. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be vending at the Kink Carnival at Apex for those Phoenix for those watching our inaugural YouTube video. You'll see that our green screen has just attacked us, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm sure at one point the dog will jump on my lap and bite the microphone and do all the things. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, she just looks so sad. So join us in Phoenix, Arizona this weekend of November 12th at Kinky Carnival. You can not, not only buy stuff from us, you can buy stuff from the other dozens They're supposed well. to be, yeah. I think I just sent something out on our social media that has like the names of all the people that's going to be there. There's like 35 vendors. Yeah. Je Jessica, where in the world, where are in, in just the state, what state are you in? Are you actually even in, in the California. United States? Yeah, I'm in California, Los Angeles. Oh, awesome. We, we, oh. We're, we will be driving through there in the RV journey soon. Um, Hopefully well, not through there. Hopefully around there. Yeah. Not for a little drive, bit longer. Don't drive through LA in your RV. <laughs> That's probably pretty good advice. Um, hang out for a little bit because 
uh, we have so much in common already. I'm probably going to have to slap out my uh, flirting voice. And it's very embarrassing. So I'll make sure to well, stop. it sounds like Elvis. Don't laugh. <laughs> Does it? Ouch. I guess it's... <laughs> Just a little. I guess it could be worse. Um, and there you go. There's the podcast. The studio cool. is falling down around us. And uh, no one has said it any tentacles, so that's at the end. But they have, they have. Oh, whatever. Oh, I love my followers that send in tentacles. So we have a disc. Uh, they come in through Instagram and, and email and all kinds of places. Recently, most of them are from Discord. So Enigma has been on the ball. So sent me super tentacles. It's like, it's kind of like a superhero tentacles oh. rounder. And oh, it's so yeah. cool. And then robo tentacles cannot go wrong with robots and tentacles. <laughs> um, no. okay. Puddles sent me a picture. These are always cute, and I'm going to have to get someone to make me one. It's a crocheted tentacle hat. Well, I think I want one. We're getting ready to be spending the whole winter in Phoenix area. I don't know that I need one. I just want one. So, and then Mark sent an awesome picture of a tentacle monster around a girl that has the tentacles around her neck <laughs> as it's fucking her face. So let me actually. <laughs> I love the tentacle. Sorry, it's the tentacle sex monster robot thing. That so Jessica, let me ask you a personal question. I love this it. This interview's over. Now I can ask you personal questions. Do you have any kinks, or does your partner have any kinks that the other person looks at and goes? You do that with your other partners, man. I don't know about all that shit. Yeah. I mean, they're not, I guess it's not like the most kinky thing, but I want to get into more bondage and like, but ropes specifically. And Pasha's just like, I don't have time for all that. Like, I don't want to learn. Anything <laughs> and he, he like is, I think, a bit more open to it now. Um, but we haven't, we haven't really like, we were a bit more kinky in our earlier relationship than we are now. And I think just because we're like getting ready to start a family and like, you know, placed our attention in other realms that we haven't been as into it. And now I'm like, okay, if, I'm, if I want to do this, I might have to like, you know, do it with somebody else. Like yeah. he's just not going to be like giving the time and energy into this. But that's, yeah. If, if I... I'm not particularly interested in rope, but if I ever got interested in it, I think Dan would just say, go find someone. There's plenty of people out there yeah. to do the rope thing with. So it's yeah. just not his thing. That, that whole flirting thing I was going to do with you, never mind. I'm, I'm with that, I'm with that <laughs> rope stuff. Yeah, I got time for that. That's just, yeah, it's that's a lot. Just you're, lucky, you're lucky that your other partner has a partner that is a rope. Oh, partner. good Lord. Yes. <laughs> So that works. Speaking of getting kicked off of Instagram, you can find us on Instagram and see the picture of the day as Erotic Awakening. Our Instagram is the most vanilla thing ever. Probably just things oh, we eat. Oh, it's mostly, it's things, yeah, well, it's things we eat. I advertise um, uh, kink vendors. I do okay. a lot of advertising right. of other people. We, I post pictures of where we are. Ginger the polyamory puppy. Ginger the pup. So, oh, uh, yeah. So take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us as 
Well, what are we on FetLife? We're Dan and Dawn on FetLife. We're Dan and Dawn on FetLife. <laughs> or we are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord. Or just toss us an email like in the old days. <laughs> Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Jessica. Bye, Jessica. Bye, Dan and Dawn. Bye, Jess. <laughs>